Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Employee to Boss podcast. I'm your host, Haley Hayhurst, the owner of Espresso Podcast Production, specializing in editing, marketing, and strategy of your podcast to make you money. So today, I have a really exciting episode. My guest today is Kelsey Foremost, the owner of Magic Words Copywriting. Kelsey and I have been working together for a year now. She just launched her 50th episode, her anniversary episode, and literally, I love her. I love her energy. I love her podcast. It's called Find Your Magic. The theme song always gets stuck in my head, and that's how I know I'm working with an amazing client. Kelsey teaches entrepreneurs how to write words that sell without feeling gross and salesy, and she teaches her clients through courses. So she has a signature course. She also sells templates and has a lot of amazing free offers. So in this episode, we talk a lot about how she started her podcast, why she started it, and really, of course, her transformation from employee to boss. Kelsey used to be an actor. She used to live in New York and then Hollywood and has been on shows like Modern Family and my favorite show, New Girl. I was literally drinking wine one night, sitting on my couch, and Kelsey popped up on my TV and I was like, oh my God, she's my client. (laughs) Amazing. So we really talk about how her life shifted from being a actor to being an entrepreneur And we also talk about how, you know, she has a full-time job. She has a, she has a job that she goes to, works for, but then she also treats her brand, Magic Word Copywriting and Find Your Magic Podcast, she treats this like a full-time job. Like looking at her brand, it's very professional. It looks incredible. The effort she puts in, the way she promotes herself, it's amazing. And really just everything about her, I'm obsessed with it. So this episode, you're going to get a lot of fun info about her journey, as well as some really cool actionable tips to copywriting. Copywriting is hard. Like literally copywriting can be so difficult. So definitely check out the freebies on her website, KelseyFormos.com. And then we also talk about like how she started her podcast, how she started it when it felt right to her, how, you know, you maybe need to wait to start your podcast until you have that inspiration and until it feels perfectly right. And that's totally fine. Waiting to start your podcast is okay as long as you finally, finally do it. So I helped her launch her podcast and have edited every episode since then. I feel like I know her so well. So, so well, because I listen to every episode. I edit them. I promote them. All those things. So this episode is really, really, really fun. I love it. It might be one of my favorite episodes yet. So let's dive right in. Oh my gosh, Kelsey. This is amazing. Thank you so much for joining me. Every time we get to talk, I just, I love it. Well, freaking finally. I feel like... (laughs) I feel like um, this has been such a long time coming for you. I'm really excited for you. You're so amazing at helping other people's podcast dreams come true. So I'm thrilled to be part of making your podcast dreams. Oh, you're so sweet. Can you believe we've been working together for like a year? Do you know it's so wild, Haley? I literally recorded the anniversary slash happy birthday episode yesterday. And there's nothing like a big anniversary or birthday to really crystallize uh, your perspective. And Mm -hmm. when you have that exact time period of like, where were you one year ago? Mm -hmm. Recording that blew my mind. I kind of had some notes of like, let's talk about where you were a year ago. And let's talk about like the things that have changed and maybe a handful of favorite episodes. And by the end of it, I was like, oh my God, like I'm a completely different human and you probably more than anybody, more than my own mother have been (laughs) along for the ride because you have to listen to all of the episodes every week because you're editing them. So you probably know more about my life than literally anybody. (laughs) 
That's amazing. I always say if I get to work with clients that I like really enjoy listening to their episodes, I'm a happy person. And I genuinely have loved every single one of your episodes. Thank you. I really do try to bring on people who have a unique thing to say and a unique gift to give. And as you know, like, yeah, we have this framework on find your magic. Find your magic is the name of my podcast. We have a, a framework of like, we want to talk about the intersection of entrepreneurship and mental health, because a lot of podcasts are kind of one or the other, Mm -hmm. but there's so much to explore in that intersection. And it's really fun to hear how different people show up to talk about that because like some really go like, as you know, people like people have shared some deep stories and like big, big changes that have happened in their lives and challenges. And, and I've been shocked at some of the stories that people have been open about with us on find your magic, but And then there's like the people who are very much on the other side of it, where they're like, these are the practical tools that helped me. Mm -hmm. And like, I want to share them and give them to you. So it's, yeah. And I mean, what an amazing like space you're holding for them to be able to come and do these two different things. So I'm really excited to talk about your journey too, about like how you got from used to be an actor in Hollywood. I've seen you pop up on my TV before. And I'm like, oh my <laughs> God, that's Kelsey. <laughs> I, lo- I died when you sent me that screenshot and you were like, excuse me, were you on New Girl? Or what? I don't remember. I was like going through Modern a family. breakup, like a bottle of wine in, just like <laughs> watching New Girl. And I was like, hang on. <laughs> rewind, rewind. I was like, that's Kelsey. <laughs> I'm thrilled to have brought some joy to your breakup, uh, your breakup binge. Anytime someone goes through a breakup binge, I immediately picture that opening, um, one of the opening images of Legally Blonde when Elle was just like in the bed with her chocolates and she's mm-hmm. watching the like terrible soap opera, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. he goes, you're, you're a part of me. I love you. And she just goes, oh, <laughs> the chocolate. It's one of my favorite images ever because like, it's so honest. It's mm-hmm. so honest. And like, yeah, I, your breakup binge was new girl. Mine was Frasier. So there you go. There we go. <laughs> so Something has to do it, right? That's right. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So tell us about this journey from employee to boss and employee to how boss. you got to where you are. So I think that my story is kind of unique because my quote unquote employee story was a very non-traditional job. Mm. I was a professional actor, as Haley said. I started out in theater. I did some off-Broadway stuff in New York. I fell in with a group at College Humor, which was like a sort of early YouTube um, sketch comedy group and found a lot of success in film that I wasn't really expecting. Had some family stuff happen. My family's in San Diego. And so the way that the industry was going and the way that my personal life was going, I decided to move from New York City to Los Angeles and pursue acting there. I did that for seven years and I was on paper really successful. I, as Haley said, was on shows like New Girl, uh, Modern Family. I was in a movie with Zac Efron. There was a lot on paper, again, that like looked really good. And um, I was making it as far as one can in that world. I was making a living as an actor, um, supplementing it with a lot of side gigs for sure. I had a, we actually, this is a funny sidebar. Um, my actor friends and I, we sat down one night and we had had some wine and we just decided to make a list of all of the odd jobs and side hustles that all of us had had through the years. It was fucking hilarious. It was like, you know, traditional ones that you'd expect like nanny and waiter. But then we had like face painter at child's birthday party, laundry sorter, 
headshot there were so headshots like yeah. taking headshots for people like in an abandoned garage and getting kicked out like there were so many funny side hustles that we did in order to like craft books at one point I totally did I remember I that from your episode <laughs> oh my god I forgot that about my life I made scrapbooks for rich people like mm-hmm. people who didn't want to take the time to make scrapbooks that's so funny oh my god um yeah I had an Etsy shop I did like painting I so many different side hustles in order to remain an employee right in many ways like being an actor is this very unique situation where you are your own brand like you have to really understand um your type quote unquote so that you can go into auditions and immediately make people think like yes she's right for this part he's right for this part. Um, but what ended up happening was the business side of acting and the lifestyle of being an actor and the hustle of that just absolutely, um, it, it overtook the joy of why I got into acting in the first place. And I had what I would refer to as a dark night of the soul, I had a huge breakdown, quarter life crisis, whatever you want to call it. And I started to think like, this ain't it chief. I got to figure out like, what is it about acting that made me choose it as my career in the first place? Mm -hmm. So then my first like foray out of the entertainment industry and into an actual employee, like the first time I had a stable paycheck, um, like a full-time job job was I became a staff writer at a women's lifestyle site. It was called Be Makeful. It was a really fun job. It was a DIY uh, and women's lifestyle site. We got to like cook things and make things and photograph things and make videos. And it was a lot of content and uh, content creation. And I kind of got into the influencer marketing world at that time. And it still was that thing where I was like, oh, like I, I really like this, but it's not quite it either. And the universe took care of it and our entire team got laid off. And there I was, um, I had just signed a lease for my first big girl apartment. Like the first Mm -hmm. time I was ever going to be responsible for every bill for the first time in my life, which is really fucking scary. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I came to it kind of late. I felt like I was late to the game at 30 to be doing that. Um, I had also just found out the guy that I was in love with had been cheating on me the entire time we were together and had been like sexting other women. It was a really dramatic breakup. So that happened at the same time. And um, I, yeah, I was like broke and single and I just signed this lease. And I was like, I still don't want to go back for working for a company. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. And I struggled. Like there was a, there was a time where I was like, do I go on zip recruiter? Do I like figure this out? I didn't want to do it. I just could not make myself do it. And so what I ended up doing was I pulled the audience. I asked, I phoned a friend and I was like, what careers <laughs> exist where I can be the one in charge of telling the story because I was coming from this place of acting where I felt invigorated by connecting with people through stories, but I didn't want to be the one to like be plugged into somebody else's story. I wanted to help tell it. Mm-hmm. Long story short, I found my way to copywriting. And for those who don't know, copywriting is the art and science of using words to get people to take a desired action. Your copy is anywhere you have words that represent your business out in the world, your website, your socials, your emails, um, video scripts, your courses, freebies, anywhere there are words that represent your brand, your business, that's your copy. And I was like, oh shit, I can take what I know from the entertainment world and like what makes things fun to watch and fun to read and fun to engage with. I can help all these women who are starting their own online businesses, all these coaches, all these entrepreneurs, um, all of these service providers, and I can help them use copywriting 
to become these really engaging brands so they can connect with the people who want to pay them anyway. Mm. And I started my own company and I became my own boss. And that was how I founded Magic Words Copywriting. That was Jan 1, 2018. And I still have Magic Words Copywriting um, in the background, even though I did go back and take another job because it was really like too good to pass up. It was like Godfather. They were like, we're going to make you an offer. You can't refuse. I was given an offer I couldn't refuse. And yet I remain my own boss because I've never given up that company. Mm -hmm. I never have given the reins over. I've never stopped creating content for that company. I still have digital products that sell in the background and have for not quite four years. And I cannot stress how incredible it has been to know that no matter what happens in my traditional quote unquote career, I have that company always. It is mine. I am my own boss, period. Yeah. Do you want to start growing your business rapidly in a really fun way? Do you want to increase your visibility and profits? I have just the thing for you. My course, Great Guesting, How to Grow Your Business Through Being a Podcast Guest is now available and it's guaranteed to get you on podcasts. Do you want to connect with more clients, share your story, make stronger connections, and grow your audience? But do you find that you're second guessing yourself, are indecisive on a topic because you're into so many things? and thinking, is this even possible? You'll love this step-by-step guide on how to be a podcast guest. We go over six lessons that are knowing your story, narrowing down the topic, finding podcasts to be on, setting up your audio, preparing to record, and of course, marketing, because that's what I'm all about. Being a guest can be fun, but if you don't have a plan to go with it, you're really just spending the hour talking. You're not moving your business forward. And that's exactly what this course is designed to teach you. You can find this course on my website at Espresso Podcast Production. And I guarantee you that you will be a guest on podcasts in no time. I love that. And I think one thing about entrepreneurship is when we get into it, even if we get these offers that we can't refuse, it's like, ugh. Do I really want to give up being my Mm -hmm. own boss? Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. People feel like a failure when they go back into the corporate world, whether it be full-time, part-time, contract work, like whatever it is. And I think there's a whole, you know, as you can speak to this, a whole mental health side of it where you have to, you know, realize your worth. And sometimes that's the right move. Sometimes being your own boss, 40 hour, you know, like, full time is hard. I heard this phrase in a different podcast and it was like being your own boss, being an entrepreneur is awesome because there's no ceiling, but then there's also no floor. And you just have uh, to be comfortable with that. And that's scary for a lot of people. Oh uh, god, I love that. That's so that's such a good image and that is very true. I think um there's no ceiling and there's no floor. And yet you're in complete control what level you are on, Mm -hmm. right? Like by investing in yourself and investing in your business, you really are, you can be in much better control at what level you are at. Um, And you can up level much more quickly when you're your own boss. But it also like, I think the biggest challenge being an entrepreneur and especially with mental health was like, really learning how to set a boundary and be like, okay, the to-do list will be never ending. I will never get it all done, but I have to log off at this time every day. Mm -hmm. Like I have to like make sure that my support system outside of work, this is the big one, the support system outside of work is working beautifully Mm -hmm. because that's the only way you're going to succeed at work. If I like skip therapy for a few weeks or I get out of my morning meditation routine or I say yes to too many social engagements and my introvert battery gets drained 
or I'm drinking more alcohol than I'd like to, or I'm eating more sugar than I'd like to, or I'm not walking as much as I'd like to. All of those things directly affect my ability to give the gift I was put on this earth to give. And it was only when I really believed that and treated it with the respect it deserved, like my mental health with the respect that it deserved, that I was truly able to create total financial freedom for myself, as well as confidence in myself Mm. that I could do it and hold my own boundaries. Yeah. And I think it'd be a missed opportunity if we don't talk about this, right? Like you were an actor, you were doing these auditions directly in front of people. And so I think in entrepreneurship, a lot of people have this fear of rejection. Mm, Yeah. I had lots of practice. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, that sounds so mean, but like, that's just Mm -hmm. how that way of that world goes, right? Like you can be rejected directly to your face and you're like, well, damn. Okay. And so oh my God, <laughs> do you want to talk about your experience, kind of that transition? And I don't know, so many people struggle with this. I love that we're talking about this. I can't believe this is the first time someone has asked me this question. Being rejected is a muscle. Um, it is a muscle that you can and should build. How do you do that? You pitch yourself to people and you seek rejection. This was the biggest hack of my life. I was in this place where I was, it was when I was in the thick of being an actor and I was auditioning, but I was coming into the room with this air of desperation. Like I need this job. I need this. And of course, like nobody wants to work with that energy. Like desperate energy is gross. Salesy energy is gross. Mm -hmm. We don't like it. And our bullshit meters go off and we say, no, thank you. And so actually getting this mindset right is a huge, huge, huge business um, tool and necessity. So here's what you do. You reframe rejection as a good thing, which sounds so annoying. Roll your eyes, hippie, woo-woo, call map bullshit, but it's true. Reframing rejection as a good thing is going to completely change the way you experience rejection because rejection is inevitable is absolutely going to happen. So when you accept that, and when you know, the greater likelihood is that I'm going to be rejected here. So I'm going to actually try to get rejected. Like I'm going to be so specific. I'm going to be, have such a take. I'm going to be so honest and authentic that if someone isn't exactly feeling what I'm putting down, they're not going to work with me or they're not going to publish my thing or they're not going to choose me as their service provider, whatever it is. To see rejection as redirection and like a positive thing of like, okay, that means I'm, that means I'm in the game. It means I'm in the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's practice. It's practice. I remember um, I went to a retreat a long time ago, a writer's retreat. And Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, and Cheryl Strayed, who wrote Wild, were running this workshop. And I remember, I believe it was Cheryl Strayed who said that she tried to collect rejection letters. Um, She set a goal to get 50 rejection letters from publishers by the end of the year. So- Isn't that so great though? Like, because that means she was applying like that's 50 times she put herself out there. Exactly. And one said yes. And now she's Cheryl Strayed and she's got her second HBO series coming out very soon. Like the point is like, make the goal, like tie your goal to the process, not the outcome. Mm. tie your goal to the process, not the outcome. So her goal was get 50 rejection letters. So that goal is tied to the process of submitting her book to agents or to publishers, right? It's tied to the process. That's a measurable goal she can hit. There is no way you can guarantee. My goal is to get a a publishing deal. You have zero control over that, but you can absolutely measure the process of submitting 50 times. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. I love yeah. that. I think it's like, 
a lot of people feel that rejection when they set their rates at a certain level and then people don't work with them. And for mm-hmm. you, you used to work one-on-one with clients and now you do courses, yeah. but I feel like it's still the same. Like people might see the price that you put your courses at and they're like, uh, or like for me, like I'll, I'll have connect calls with people. I'll send them over a pitch and then they're like, mm, they see the number mm-hmm. and that's it. Like it's the, it's not what I have to offer them. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the number that they're scared of. And that's yep. what I had to realize in business. Like it's not me that they're saying no to it's the right. investment of working with me that they're saying no to. Correct. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with you or your work. Um, Mm -hmm. Investment is uh, prices are a reflection of the type of client you want to attract. Mm -hmm. If you are setting your rates with the intention of undercutting the market, then you're literally selling yourself short. It is almost like publishing an apology for existing, having rates that are too low. Mm. And also I can tell you, anyone who's been a freelancer can tell you that the worst clients are the ones who try to nickel and dime you. And like, (laughs) right. It's so across every industry that I've ever heard. It's the one, the penny pinching, like fear of lack scarcity mindset clients that drain you Mm -hmm. you don't want those clients and yeah it feels really scary to put a number where it feels like oh my god like (laughs) this is you know market value or higher like from what I'm seeing and to that I just say the people who are ready to work with you will they will and I think that you know, of course you don't want to be overselling something that like, isn't packed with value, but like, if you feel good about and aligned about what you're offering, charge what you're worth. I did an exercise that might help with this. If there's anybody out there struggling with this, where I actually looked at how many hours it took to complete a job, like truly looked at it from start to finish, not just the job itself, but all of the training that it took Mm. to be able to do that job, all of the uh, marketing, all the hours spent marketing, all the hours spent in discovery calls, the hours spent um, on social media, the hours spent in my DMs, the hours spent in my inbox. And I looked at that number and I was like, oh, I'm getting less than minimum wage. Like, yeah, the course. That's so humbling. You're like, yes. I did this to myself. Yes. Where you're like, yes, this like mastermind package is $500 or this course is $100, whatever it is. But like, when you look at the hours of your life that went into that and the training that you are saving people that time by giving them the shortcut of your service or your product, chances are it's pretty cheap. (laughs) Right. Right. Like in the long run, because I know you used to work with one-on-one clients and did their copy for them and then realized like there was an income cap of how much, how many clients you could take on, which I think most people, once they're like in business, they realize in theory, you cannot take on every client who wants to work with you because you'll just lose your mind, right? And so that's why you really made the transition into courses. Mm-hmm. How was that transition like with your clients? So I knew that I wanted to transition full-time into digital education. And so I told my clients, um, I stopped taking any ongoing clients and I told the existing ones, I'm going to be transitioning and it's going to end at this date. And I gave myself an end date and I was very upfront with them. And I think I gave them three or four months of lead time. Mm, Okay. So I felt really good about that. Like I wasn't just pulling the rug out from under them. Um, It gave them time to sort of recalibrate what they needed and what they wanted. And then I also let them know 
hey, you know, if you want my course at a discount, um, or even I think I let a few of my best, most loyal clients access it for free because I was like, you know me, I want to know what you think about this. And I want to know, like, would you want to learn how to write your own copy or do you want to hire another freelance copywriter? And every single one of them took the course and every single one of them saw success after taking the course. So to answer your original question, I had a very, like a finite, but very long offboarding time, three or four months, like an entire quarter Mm -hmm. where I slowly stopped uh, doing one-on-one work. Yeah. What was your motivation behind like making the courses? Cause I have courses now and I swear people say this with podcasting, like they keep putting it off and putting it off. Okay. That was me trying to create a course. (laughs) (laughs) You're not alone. You're not alone. Yeah. So I, okay. Humbling, a humbling moment. I thought like, oh, it's going to be really easy for me to create a course because it's easy for me to execute copywriting. Mm. But what I didn't realize is teaching is a completely different skill. And it's one that I have and one that I love and actually one that I prefer to just doing it for people. But it does take a totally different mindset where you're like, okay, how can I provide short, informative lessons to people so that they like are excited every time they watch one five minute video, they want to go try that thing. Um, so it wasn't necessarily the content of the course that was difficult. It was, how do I teach this? Like the format of delivery. So I think anybody who's wanting to do a course, I, your original question was about motivation. I was motivated by the idea of passive income and that has become a reality. And it took a year for it to become a reality but it is. And now I have, I use the platform Kajabi. It, I will talk about it till the cows come home. Um, you can read about it on my website, kelseyformos.com slash Kajabi, shameless plug. And they also sponsor your podcast too. They did. They did sponsor my podcast. Um, and I run everything on Kajabi and what I really love about it is my digital courses are housed there. The payments are run through Kajabi. My podcast is hosted on Kajabi. Um, but also all of my freebies and email funnels are on Kajabi. And all I do now is I have my freebies, like I keep my freebies updated and that's what I share when I'm a guest on a podcast or when I have a press piece that's done on me or I'm on social, I direct people to my freebies. And every time somebody downloads three copy secrets to three X your profits or how to write an Instagram bio that converts into sales or how to start and grow an email list, any of my freebies they're immediately put into a drip sequence that's already written. And then they are prompted, like, do you want to buy this course or do you want to buy this template? And if not, no big deal. They are just woven into the whole email uh, newsletter list and nurtured from there. But it runs on autopilot. I, as you mentioned, am back in the corporate world at the moment, and I still get alerts like at least once a week. You have a new student in your class. You have a new download of this template. I haven't touched that stuff for over a year, and it's still making me money. So that was my motivation. I love that. that. And that's what a lot of people dream of, right? So go you for doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. So thank you. I had to take a sip of my water. It's yeah. I think that courses can feel intimidating. I actually, I toyed with the idea of making a course on how to write a course, because I think a lot of people get hung up in the creation of the thing. Mm -hmm. They have the idea, but it's the creation of the thing that really like holds them back. Um, but what I really loved 
realizing was like, there are many ways to create a digital course. It does not have to be fancy ass, like Amy Porterfield level crazy. You do not have to do that to yourself. You can literally talk to your iPhone or like record a video on Loom or type stuff out and have it be a downloadable PDF. Like there's so many different ways to communicate and uh, you can choose the one that's easiest for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing where talking about my emotions, impossible. <laughs> Writing out my emotions. I could do that. I can write totally. a good love letter or something, but I'm like, never will it ever be said working on it. But yeah, <laughs> there's so many different ways to communicate. And I think that's super important. Yes. Obviously, I can talk all day about business or interviewing people. As long as it's not about me, I can talk all day, right? <laughs> I empathize. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Oh my gosh. So let's talk about your podcast before we wrap up. Your podcast is about a year old. It's amazing. It's so Thank amazing. You. So do you want to talk about like why you started the podcast? And then I love talking about like the marketing side of podcast and you mm. do your marketing, you know, really well to help you grow your brand, even though they're different, right? Like magic yeah. word copywriting and find your magic, different topics, but all woven together. Yeah. I think that was something that was a really uh, interesting journey to go on of like, how do I weave this totally seemingly unrelated thing of mental health into my existing copywriting business? Mm -hmm. That was a really cool journey. Um, and so I'll start with your first question, which was, why did you start your podcast? And the truth is I had an idea to start a podcast for a couple of years. I think a lot of people are in the same boat where they're like, that could be cool. Like maybe I should start a podcast. Like <laughs> it's like in Peter Pan where they're like every day, a fairy gets its wings when a baby laughs, like every day, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know, like a, a digital coin is made when someone says we should start a podcast. <laughs> like <laughs> It's like a, a magic. It in of itself sounds magic to me. So I'd had this idea, I should start a podcast for a couple of years. And I always thought, oh, it'll be just about business. It'll be about copywriting. It'll be about like, essentially sort of the things that I talk about in my course or the things that I talk about with other women in business, but it just never happened. It never happened. It never happened. And I'm so glad it didn't because what broke me open was I went through a really intense divorce level breakup, a COVID breakup in May of 2021. So a little over a year ago, I had been with my partner for three and a half years. We've known each other for 12 years. Uh, I had moved into his place in Seattle. I had sold all of my worldly possessions to be there and it wasn't right. And it wasn't for lack of love. It just wasn't the right thing. And it was a really, really hard decision to admit that and move out without knowing what was next. And as part of that transition, I got much deeper into therapy and I really started to be honest with myself, probably for the first time ever, where do I want to live? How do I want to spend my time? What do I want to do with my days? What gift do I actually want to give the world? Like not the one that people have told me I'm good at, but like, what do I really like to do? What do I really like to talk about? And in that exploration, I realized, oh, the reason I love copywriting isn't because I'm helping people make money. The reason I love copywriting is because I'm helping people figure out who the fuck they are. Mm -hmm. You cannot build a personal brand if you don't know who you are first. And that light bulb going off was like, damn, how do we figure out who we are? How do we figure out who we are? Oh shit. How do we figure out who we are and then figure out how we help the world through our businesses? And it was like this really, it, it was this undeniable spark and wave of just total inspiration. 
And without knowing you, Haley, without having any plan, without having any equipment, I literally opened my laptop and opened the free Zoom and I just talked to the camera. And I was like, I think this is the first episode of my podcast. <laughs> and it's literally what ended up being the intro episode of the podcast. You can go listen to it now. It's episode zero of Find Your Magic intro slash trailer where I was describing like where I was in my life. I recorded it in my childhood bedroom um, as I was like licking my wounds after my breakup. And I was like, I think what really needs to happen is we need to be having these conversations about figuring out who we are and maintaining our mental health so that we can be the best version and show up as the best version of ourselves to give the best gift that we can give and like why we were put on this earth. I'm a very dramatic person. I'm like, give the best gift. Like everything needs to be fulfilling and passionate. Like if it ain't an 11, I'm not about it. So I love that. I love that energy. Yeah. Thanks. But also that high 11 energy can also be like, peace is so important boundaries are so important. Rest is necessary, not a luxury. Like there's so many things I feel so passionate about that feed us as people first and then as entrepreneurs. And so I started to gather, gather my army of of other women who were feeling the same way and other people who were feeling the same way in different industries and for different reasons. And I was like, Hey, I, I, th- I, I'm starting a podcast. I just started saying that I'm starting a podcast. Do you want to have a zoom interview with me and like talk about mental health and entrepreneurship? And lo and behold, like immediately 15 people were like, Oh my God. Yes. Finally, someone is talking about this. Mm-hmm. So I started recording. I found Haley. Thank God. She helped walk me through like, okay, these are the practical things that you need to get off the ground. And honestly, you guys, It was so much easier than I thought that it would be. I thought it was going to be this huge undertaking and granted a lot of the ease comes from the fact that Haley edits the episodes and I don't have to touch them and she publishes the episodes. I don't have to touch it. Um, But like the actual making of the thing has been so, I'm afraid to say it, easy, Mm -hmm. easy and fun. Because people want to show up and talk about these things. I'm genuinely lit up every time I meet somebody. And now I'm in a place a year later where I'm getting pitches weekly from like very fancy agents of people being like pitching you this guest for your podcast, like multiple million followers on Instagram wants to talk to you about mental health and how to make money from a small following on Instagram. Like it's wild. It is wild when you tap into who you actually are and start having the conversations you actually want to have. That's it. That's it. It's a secret. I love that. Kelsey, you're so inspirational. Oh my gosh. I love this. <laughs> I'm sweating. I feel like we just went to church. And I love how you took your time to like see the whole vision. I know a lot of podcast producers, editors, people who are just like me kind of Mm. rush people into starting podcasts. They're like, Mm. oh, just start it. Like you got this. It's not hard because it's not hard. But if someone comes to me and they're like, oh, I've been thinking about starting this for a year. I always ask them like, okay, why haven't you? Like, what is the missing piece? Because if you start a podcast and you're not passionate about it, you're going to get burnt out really quickly like you just said you feel more energized after your episodes and that is a amazing point I feel the same way after I record episodes Mm -hmm. but I've had people come to me and they're like ugh, another podcast I'm like okay maybe let's look at this maybe let's see what is going on so even though I want everyone to start a podcast it's not feasible for everyone like where they are Totally. And, you know, like I said, I had the idea for two years and I, something held me back from starting it. And that was a good thing. Mm -hmm. And 
like the other thing too, is what I'm learning is it doesn't have to be perfect when you very first start. Like you don't have to have the exact crystallized idea, um, like fully formed the day you start the podcast a year out is totally different than the podcast a year ago. Um, and yet it still has that through line, like that sort of North star guiding the conversations of people who are showing up to give a certain gift or have a non-traditional career who need to talk about how they stay sane while they do that. Yeah. And as it should transform with you, Mm -hmm. all of us change. Like you said, in the beginning, you're a completely different person than you were a year ago. And so obviously your podcast is going to transition with you. It's part of your life. It's part of your life. Part of your world. Exactly. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Kelsey, I would love it. This is how I start to wrap up every episode. And I'm so excited for what you're about to say. I ask every guest to share three actionable steps that the audience can start with today to move forward with being their own boss or just move forward in a way that they're, you know, elevating their life or taking steps to become just like you, Kelsey. What can people do to (laughs) just be just like you? (laughs) I mean, just like me. Three actionable steps to move from employee to boss. Okay. Step one, take your time figuring out who you are in the first place. And I, by saying that, I don't mean take a long time. I mean, actually take intentional time to start asking yourself the following questions. What do I like to do? What kind of shows do I like to listen to? Do I like listening to podcasts or do I like reading books? Do I like watching TV? Why is that? What shows do I like? Why is that? What kind of food do I like? Like, we don't question these things. We we get asked these things when we're like kids or when we're taking quizzes in Cosmopolitan Magazine, but we don't take time to re-get to know ourselves as we evolve, right? Mm-hmm. I think, and I think what's so interesting is we tend to do these things when we have big trauma in our lives, like a breakup or a big loss um, or a job ends or whatever that may be. We're feeling some sort of dark night of the soul. And then we start asking these questions. So what happens if you're not in trauma and you ask these questions anyway? So start there, get to know yourself. It's fun. It's going to feel very silly and stupid at first, And then it's going to feel so fun and you're going to get really addicted to it. And you're also going to start to notice that things that you don't like naturally start to fall away. And it's awesome. It's awesome. Second thing is once you know who you are and once you know what you like, start to think about how can I invite more of the things I do like into my life? How can I incorporate those things into my career plan? How can I spend more time each day doing these things that genuinely light me up right now? And if that is macaroni and cheese, great. Figure out how you can help, how macaroni and cheese can play into your career path. I promise you, I know that sounds so silly, but like immediately when I said that, that came out of nowhere, but like, that's a branding thing that Jenna Kutcher does. She's like, and I'm a macaroni and cheese addict. And it's a fun fact. I remember about her every time I think about her personal brand. I digress. Figure out a way to start incorporating the things that you do like into your life and into your career plan. Number three, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a just like super trite tool bag, Just, but start doing it. Like (laughs) you got to take action. You got to start doing it. Um, You can do all the research in the world, uh, listen to all the TED talks in the world, um, read all the self-help books in the world, but until you start to take action, uh, none of it can crystallize and you can't move forward. So figure out a way to start taking action. If you need help with that, I highly recommend this book called Atomic Habits. It's by James Clear. And 
how I mentioned, um, we were talking about failure earlier in the episode, and I was saying that successful people focus on the process, not the uh, result. That comes from that book. And what I'm really learning is how to um, set up my life in a way that I'm focused on action and process versus a specific end result that I've decided means I'm successful. So figure out who you are and what you like. Start to look for ways to incorporate who you are and what you like into your everyday life and into your career path and start taking action to implement those things and move your life forward and uh, read the book Atomic Habits. There's three things. I love those. Oh, thank you. I knew those were going to be amazing. (laughs) I'm glad. I'm glad. Yes. So where can people connect with you, Kelsey? I am mostly on Instagram at kelsey.writes. It's W-R-I-T-E-S, like writes with a pen. And on my Instagram, you will see lots of very silly reels. Um, Most of them just kind of lightening up about being an online entrepreneur, but also sharing like very real actionable tips. I'm very, very dedicated to making sure that the stuff that I put out in the world is actually helpful. Mm-hmm. Also, um, on that page, you will find my freebies, which are at kelseyforemost.com slash freebies. I have three of them for different needs. One is for if you need to learn how to write high converting copy in general. It's three things that take 30 minutes to implement that can 3x conversions. I know it sounds like that can't be true, but I promise you just read the four page document and do the three things and immediately see your copy up level. Second freebie is about how to start and grow an email list. That is for people who have a good brand, but need to start getting better at their marketing. Sales happen in the inbox. Messages are six times more likely to be seen in an inbox than they are on social media. That is a great freebie for you if you need help with marketing. And last but not least, just an easy peasy one. I have the Instagram bio builder that is a way to help you set up your Instagram bio in a way that makes it easier for people to find you who are looking for your specific service and also doesn't make you sound like a buttoned up LinkedIn profile. So bio builder, how to start and grow an email list, three copy secrets to three extra profits, all on kelseyforemost.com slash freebies. Awesome. And then your podcast, where can people find that? And my podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and I I think other places, but you can find it. It's Find Your Magic. Find My Magic by typing Find Your Magic into wherever (laughs) you listen to podcasts. Awesome. Kelsey, I've loved this conversation with you. Thank you so much for coming on the Employee to Boss podcast. This has been so fun. Yes, it has. Thank you so much, Haley. You're just one of my favorite humans, you know, business aside, and I'm really grateful to be here. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Employee to Boss podcast. If you made it to the end of this episode, I hope that you implement the actionable steps from this week's experts so you can get started with your business today. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Employee to Boss podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps more than you could ever imagine. Remember, a little progress each day leads to big results. We come out with a new episode every Tuesday. To access our show notes, transcripts, and courses, please check out EspressoPodcastProduction.com.